Moving on to probably the saddest thing today. <laughs> probably the saddest thing we're going to cover today, which is Symbionic Titan. Oh, my gosh. Oh, it's such a shame. I kind of don't even want to talk about it. It's I so, know. So... The Animation Destination Podcast is brought to you by The Destination, located at 5031 Shelbyville Road, Louisville, Kentucky, 40207, just behind Dee's Crafts in the Best Buy Shopping Center. Everybody, welcome to the Animation Destination Podcast, where we talk about all things animation here on this podcast. Again, I need a snappier intro line. Uh, I've yet to uh, really figure that out yet, but yeah, maybe maybe I'll maybe I'll. Uh, oh wait, whoops, you're muted. Huh? Yeah, I forgot you switched. <laughs> uh, you switched switch, switch mics. You switched mics, Mick. I was like, yeah, you you switched mics, and we forgot to check. This. All right, hey everybody, welcome to the Animation Destination Podcast. <laughs> or we didn't just screw that whole thing up. That's um, uh, okay. It's a yeah, little fine. blooper for the list. That's uh, all right. Blooper, blooper for the beginning. That's good. All right, Mitch. How you doing today? I'm here with Mitch Harmon. Uh, thank you. Thank co- you. Co-star of Bagged and Bearded, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, basically brother podcast of this one. I, mm-hmm. I would say sister, but it says beards. So That's, yeah, you know. the bearded lady. The bearded uh, lady, perhaps, Sister yeah. podcast sure. of Animation Destination. Yes, yeah, that's, that's right. That's right. Yeah. The bearded lady sister of <laughs> podcast of Animation Destination. This is getting weird. Oh, uh, um, I like it, though. Yeah, it's no, good. it's fun. Uh, now, today, Mitch, you know what we're talking about today, Mitch? You know, we're what are we about talking today. about today? We are talking today about Gendy Tartakovsky. Oh, that's a hard name to say. It is a hard name to say. The Russian-born animator extraordinaire. Uh, and all of his great works. We're going to talk about all of his works, uh, critique it uh, in in what ways we can, and talk about our experiences with it. Because, you know, uh, it's... Uh, it's a great uh, lineup of good stuff on there. He did uh, a lot of good stuff, people. This is kind of our first uh, creator-oriented episode. Uh, second, really, because we kind of did the Miyazaki episode, too. Yeah, I guess but that's that, true. It was kind of Miyazaki and Studio Ghibli, so it was mm. kind of like a studio and that. But, uh, but yeah, this is the first time we're just going to talk about the, the entire works of one person. And we'll be doing more of that as well because I think Greg Weissman also deserves one of these. But yeah. that's for future reference. There's a lot of great animators out there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Bruce Tim, obviously. I oh, think yeah. And Paul Dini and all those. But no, today we're talking about Gendy Tartakovsky. But first, we're going to go into corrections from last week. Um, my correction from last week is also my animation recommendation. Uh, because I left off a show from my top ten underrated shows. Oh yeah, and I forgot all about it, and it was amazing. And I need to so recommend underrated it you couldn't even rate it exactly. So <laughs> underrated, I forgot about it entirely. And that is uh, the Legend of Calamity Jane. Hmm. This show uh, aired in the early two thousands. Right around the time of, or actually late 90s, early 2000s, I want to say. Uh, right around the time of when Kids WB was exploding. Like it had Superman the Animated Series, Batman the Animated Series going on, uh, as well as Freakazoid and Earthworm Jim. It was in that lineup. It was like at 11 o'clock or 11.30 on Saturday mornings. And it only aired for like six episodes. <laughs> but it was a really good show. And uh, there were 13 episodes made. I think only thir- I think only. Six aired here in the states, and it aired like in like Europe, uh, WB Europe or something in other areas, or maybe it finished it out and I just didn't see it. But <laughs> why uh, did they finish it out in Europe? Uh, I can't. I don't know. Just because. Well, it's a French animation studio, 
actually. So ah, uh, okay. I was gonna say uh, it's set in the Wild West. It is, but like <laughs> the, the, it, uh, the, it was produced for American audiences because, like this, you know, like the the animation and the dubbing. It's not, you know, they're they're. Uh, mouth movements go to American, you know, to have the American, you know, yeah. dub to it. But it was uh, developed in France, and it was awesome. It was a really good show, uh, and I, I recommend that one. That one is available entirely on YouTube, all thirteen episodes. And because I just watched it recently, uh, not too recently, it was about a couple months ago. But I went back and like watched all of them, and I was like, this this holds up very well. Uh, but it's just about Calamity Jane, and it takes place in Deadwood. And it's got Wild Bill Hickok and all that stuff, and it's just—it's really good. I—I I don't know what else to say about it. It's actually a really good show. Yeah, and, but uh, I don't—I don't, can't say that I've ever really heard about it. But just looking at some of this animation and yeah, then, uh, yeah, Frank Welker. Frank Welker's uh, in it. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, a, in it. So like, he's, I kind he's, of caught my attention just yeah. seeing his name pop up. Yeah, he's old Joe, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. He's the old guy. Yeah. So Joe yeah, Preston. Joe Preston, old Joe. It's her uh, kind of just sidekick kind of character. But, uh, yeah, she's cool because she just like, it, it's, she's got a really cool character about her. I recommend anybody go see this thing. Cause she's very like justice oriented kind of deal. But like, um, you know, she's like, she's not willing to, you know, kill people and stuff like that because she has to bring him for justice. And it's like the law of the West. You gotta, you know, like a lot, a lot of references to like, you know, oh, you gotta put them down and stuff like that, which is kind of, okay, cool. You know, like that's not really for kid shows typically when they talk yeah. about that sort of thing. Uh, also there's a great episode on racism, um, where, uh, this, uh, this platoon of, uh, union black soldiers, uh, has to help out this family from getting attacked by, uh, like, uh, uh, claim jumpers and stuff, and the guy's a real super racist jerk hole, but <laughs> he's being protected by this regiment of black soldiers, and it's really cool. Hmm. Um, yeah, and it's just. Let me guess, at the end of the episode, yeah. he learns that skin color is only skin deep. He right? actually and, doesn't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, he's one of those douchebags he, that never yeah, learns. Okay. He's actually not really that receptive to it at the end, <laughs> but, you know, it, it's kind of that whole, like, you know, it's like, well, he's just a miserable person, basically, and they kind of leave. <laughs> yeah. But his son and everything, and his wife are kind of like you know they don't they don't go on but you know it, it's it's really it's quite it's kind of good and i liked it a lot mm-hmm. um but yeah legend of calamity jane it is a good show go check it out and uh that is my animation recommendation she has uh, a cool design too it's got uh got cowboy design in it as long as well, along with Native American stuff in there. She's got like a Native American friend. She's like honorary Cherokee, I think, in it. I think they like, you know, do a whole thing where she's like an honorary partial uh, Native American or something. And there's but, certain, yeah. like, just looking at some of the animation, there's certain elements of Bruce Tim yeah. in there. Yeah, very, definitely. very much so. Yeah, yeah. It's very inspired by, by that uh, <laughs> Batman the Animated Series style because it's yeah. very simplistic, very, mm-hmm. very stark colors. It's good. Go check it yeah, out. That That's, looks awesome. That is my animation recommendation and my correction from last <laughs> week. Uh, let's move it on to Tune News. And we don't have a lot of Tune News today, but we do have is confirmation of a new Justice League series. Woo! Woo! New Justice League! Yeah! There's really not a whole lot of uh, word about it. Uh, other than an executive did confirm that they are going to be making a Justice League show 
uh, for fall of 2016. So not too long, not too long from now, about a about year, a year. From now, about a year from now, uh, which is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't have to wait too long for that, especially when we didn't really have any information about this until like a <laughs> month ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, um, super stoked about that. Uh, it was uh, revealed on a uh, conversation at worldsfinest.net uh, that they had with a cartoon executive and they were like, yep, we're planning a uh, Justice League series called Justice League Action. Mm. So it's JLA. It's just not of America. But <laughs> like, which is fine, whatever. Is that JLI? JLI? Justice uh, League International? Yeah. But, uh, you know, I'm down. Uh, I don't know much else about it, like any studio or whatever. They seem to have character designs ready and ready to go, uh, according to the poster, because it kind of looked like they had you know silhouettes of characters on the poster and everything but it was very hard to see um but yeah i'm super down for that can't wait have they explained any more like who's the who's going to be the superheroes uh they have not uh i'm assuming we're going to get the classic superman batman wonder woman lineup i would imagine so the the poster and the silhouettes you can kind of make out who it is you can definitely make out batman superman Mm. and there's kind of a wonder woman with a sword and shield look okay uh so they kind of been giving her getting away from the lasso and getting more to her amazonian yeah yeah. where she has weapons as opposed to just like i got a golden lasso yeah which i don't really like because the lasso's awesome. But, the know, lasso is <laughs> awesome. And like maybe, I do like her with a sword, though. Maybe like, have it on yeah. her hip or whatever. Yeah. But like in the comics, they've been re- revamping and trying to giving her, mm-hmm. you know, they've made her like the daughter of Zeus in the comic yeah. books. And so it, it makes, and also she's taking on the mantle of, of the uh, God, uh, of, God War. of War. Yeah, so it makes sense now. for her to have a shield. Yeah. And I wonder if they're going to play off of that, too. Yeah. That sounds pretty interesting. They could very much. I like that reboot, actually. It's one of the few from New 52 that I really enjoyed. Oh, dude, yeah. Brian Azarello's. Plus that Cliff Chang art. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Good stuff. Ah, uh, Baba de Boba. Baba That's me. Ah, sorry, Italian listeners. <laughs> I apologize for that. Um, but no. Uh, so yeah, new Justice League. It, it looked like it had Green Arrow in there and a Huntress. Uh, looked like a Shazam. Saw the lightning bolt. So now I wonder yeah. if they're going to tie in with. Um, oh man, her anime. It's like a six-minute animation. Who was that? Uh, oh yeah. What was her name? Is there something in there? No, 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 no. Like I, I, I feel like you saw it. Um, I why can't I think I, of her name? If it's an animation, I probably did. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> I, it's uh, she, she was in the Justice League Unlimited team a lot, right? Um, she got the ability to channel animals' powers. Why oh, Vixen, I? Vixen, yeah, Vixen. Yeah, I kept wanting to say yeah. start with an S. I'm like, that doesn't yeah. sound right. Uh, that um, probably won't be incorporated because that was done specifically to be with like the Arrow Flash universe. But it's gonna be an animated show. Yeah. The with live action shows it's true yeah i so think we- i think they're going to actually introduce mari into the flash and uh arrow universe in the actual shows so we'll have a live action person maybe i huh. it, it just it kind of felt because that's miniseries is over it was only a six-part little mini oh like, really i the, thought it was an ongoing yeah it's like a six part i mean it might still be going afterwards but like the part one or series one is done it was only like five minute episodes or whatever so hmm. about a half hour episode of her I did not know that yeah. i need to go sit down and watch the rest of it yeah it's it's pretty good it's 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 quite enjoyable and Stephen amel and uh What's his name? Who plays Flash? I can never remember. Uh, yeah, I can't remember uh, that guy's name. <laughs> they they both play Flash, and they get Cisco, the guy who plays Cisco in Flash, and that's cool. Uh, yeah, and uh, Clancy Brown plays her adopted father, which is great. So mm. uh, Clancy Brown is always welcome in everything, even if he's not playing a villain. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, but uh, there you go. But yeah, um, I'm I'm hoping that it does have a good cast of of 
Justice Leaguers in it. And I think Martian Manhunter. Hawk Girl is definitely on there, too. I don't know if that poster means a thing, though. It could just be like, uh, put some things up there. So we, <laughs> they, you know. They dug out an old Justice League uh, Unlimited <laughs> right? poster. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. yeah, just put it up there. They'll be happy. Yeah, they'll be fine with that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it does look, it does look interesting if, if that's going to be the designs and everything, which all we have is silhouettes. That's the only thing we have. This. Mm. But we do know it's coming. So, and it'll be called Justice League Action. So. Happy day, happy day. Very nice. Uh, the other bit of news I have is Sony Ghostbusters animated film. Sony has announced that they are going to do an animated Ghostbusters film, and that sounds awesome to me. Yeah, I am super stoked about that. So, are, uh, wait, does Sony have a hand in the new Ghostbusters movies that are coming out? I, they might have some type of uh, role with it, but all I know is that they got the rights to do an animated. Apparently, right on. So, because. Uh, I, they're, they're going full bore on their animation studio right now because they've got Genny Tartakovsky there, who we're going to talk about later. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also have Lauren Faust, you know, creator of Foster's Home for, Amer- uh, Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, she worked at Powerpuff Girls. Same with Gendy. Uh, my, my Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, which is a freaking worldwide phenomenon oh, man, at this point. Oh, man, thing is blown up. It just blew up insanely. And, you know, and she was she created that. So it's just, and now she's doing a show, a movie called Medusa for them, which sounds mm. great. Yeah, it's gonna be based off Medusa, obviously, and like. Uh, Please don't tell me it's like yeah. uh, like Medusa lives to the modern day, and now she's like shopping or something. I don't or? know what it's gonna be like. It, the, the way because literally all we have is this title screen. That's it. Okay. Like we have like the title screen, and it looks great. Mm-hmm. It's got the little snakes coming out of the M, and looks all Lauren Fausty, and I'm like, that looks awesome. <laughs> I want to see more of this, but that's literally all we have so far. There might be more. I haven't checked, but in a while. But uh, hmm. there's a few interviews with her talking about like what kind of character she's gonna be. And she's going to be kind of like, oh, you know, like she's going to be kind of. She kind of sounded like Rapunzel from Tangled, actually, the way she kind of described her. Like, like she's going to be kind of isolated, but like up optimistic about things, even though she, you know, it's like she can't really look at anybody, I assume. Like, that's yeah. probably going to be her whole dilemma. Uh, but <laughs> okay. I, I think it sounds fun. No, like, it could be fun. Like, she's know. going on, she wants to go on a date or something. Yeah. And she yeah. can't look at the guy in the eye or whatever. And then yeah. finally she gets enough courage and then turns him to stone. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, oh, yeah. dang it. Or maybe there's a guy that she meets that she can't turn into stone. It's like, oh, he's uh, there you go. Maybe he's a jerk. I don't know. I'm just, <laughs> I'm, I'm fanficking at this point. <laughs> yeah, I, I know, right? Yeah. We're just grasping the straws here, people. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Sony, Ghostbusters, animated film. They're uh, doubling down on all their animation, and I'm super stoked about That's that. That's awesome, yeah. So, I, yeah. It, I'm, I'm, I, I have to add, I feel like I shouldn't have to ask, but sure. it is going to be Venkman's stance. Okay, oh, yeah. so the yeah. original it, the, cast. Yeah. Well, yeah, it will be that. Egon. It, exactly, yeah. It will not be based off of the silent movie Ghostbusters <laughs> version that the filmation cartoon was based off of. Okay. Which, to be fair, was the first Ghostbusters, mm-hmm. but Dan Aykroyd is a crazy person and decided, <laughs> I like that movie, let's make that. <laughs> and that's how that happened. So, uh, and let's face it, he made a better movie. So, no, oh, yeah, absolutely. So, and like, yeah. that's the, I mean, you talk to almost anybody right now, and even after this new Ghostbusters movie comes out, I still feel like everyone's going to be like, no, Winston, Egon, oh, Stan, yeah. And Venkman, that was my That's, that, that was one. my Ghostbusters. Always I, will be. Yeah, I you know it's like um, I don't care. 
All right, I'm gonna get into a tangent here. I don't really care about I don't really care about the new Ghostbusters movies like at all. Yeah, like, there's either like, of them, either of them, like yeah. the, the male cast, the girl cast, whatever. Those first like first movie is freaking fantastic. It's one of the finest movies. Oh yeah, ever made. It's one of mm-hmm. the tightest movies. Two kind of stupid but lovable. It's still just, good. It's still a lovable movie. Had um, elements that made it good from that yeah. they pulled from the first one and it, stuff like that. Exactly, and you know there, there there's good points to that movie. Also a lot of really bad points in that movie but still <laughs> all in all it's a good package mm-hmm. um those two movies they can just stay as they are mm-hmm. i don't need anything else on them and i don't know uh maybe it'll be fine i'll, I'll probably see it but i just oh, don't yeah. care about it uh but an animated film i'll go see that oh, yeah. because because then you can actually have vinkman and you know an egon and stance and winston yeah. and yeah because you know that's what they are it's like that's that was the ghostbusters yeah, yeah absolutely and that, i just i kind of wish that they would like if they want to do more ghostbuster stuff they should just go animated because like yeah. you can kind of i mean dan Aykroyd can still do his voice and yeah. not have to try to squeeze into that freaking jumpsuit or whatever <laughs> yeah, right? yeah so I mean, look at the video game the video game was good mm-hmm. where they had all the cast on there and did that it was, it was a good good, good yeah time. no the video game was awesome yeah they did a they did a great job because it's like you actually are in there because you you have no heads up display every all your health and your energy and all that stuff is shown on the back of the proton pack and right. i thought that was a really interesting thing because there's no yeah. heads up or anything like that it's yeah, all right yeah. there on your backpack so that was really good plus yeah. like you said you can have the people talk and not actually have them like <laughs> being ernie hudson still looks pretty good for his it, age exactly yeah. but uh, dan Aykroyd's yeah, yeah he's got he's really, let himself yeah. go a little bit yeah. and bill murray does well he's he's he, he's old he <laughs> looks he, bill murray looks like death uh, I, it's like <laughs> i love bill murray i do too i, I love him i love seeing him they, but every time i look at him i'm just like he looks like death itself. He, yeah he, he looks, it just say like, it's like oh he gets older and older every time yeah. you see him it's just amazing yeah. i know that's like that's what usually happens i don't see him for a couple of months and i see him again i'm like whoa yeah. he got older but <laughs> yeah i don't know it yeah. just it just seems like ernie hudson is like stuck in like a time warp and he just hasn't aged in 10 years or something yeah, like right. that. Yeah, no kidding no kidding. But that's it for all the news we have. But it's not the end of this segment because I have a new segment. Not a new segment, but a segment that I uh, sort of did yesterday as well and a few other times. Uh, debuts. Uh, wow. Some new shows debuted uh, this week. Uh, and I watched some of it. Uh, one of the shows, actually, I only have one show on here that I'm uh, including. So uh, I watched Be Cool Scooby-Doo, the new Scooby-Doo oh, okay. anime series aired today. And it's it's interesting. Um, now, does that involve? Is that just a, another uh, Shaggy and Scooby joke running joke, or is it, it the is, entire gang? It's the whole gang. Okay, uh, go ahead and look it up. It's really interesting the way they look. Um, that be cool, Scooby Doo. Um, it's very Family Guy in model, interestingly enough, which is odd. I, yeah, I, I threw me for a loop on that. One. Yeah, it's very peculiar. I thing is, I I kind of like how some of them look. And I don't like how the others look. Really, I don't really like. <laughs> I don't really look. I don't really like how Shaggy and Scooby look. Um, I don't really like how Daphne looks. But Velma and Fred, I kind of really like. It's interesting to say the least. Um, the show's humor is very much uh, more akin to the um, silliness and randomness of sort of things today. Sort of like Teen Titans Go. There's a lot of silliness and goofballiness about about these characters, and 
they actually have more of a character in this one than they ever did before, maybe to a lesser degree with Mystery Inc., which was the show prior to this one. Uh, because, you know, their, their characters were never that strong, obviously. It was just like the stereotype, obviously. But yeah. in this, you have uh, Velma's more neurotic, I would say. She's more um, nervous about certain things and, uh, you know, and typically is always like the neurotic type uh, around everything that's going on, basically, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Uh, Daphne is way more of a weirdo ditz. She's <laughs> like she's like the comic relief, basically. Yeah. She, every episode, she's doing something really freaking weird that she's just <laughs> doing that episode that should not be uh, doing yeah. whatsoever. Like like the first episode, like she's like she's like into hand puppets, so she's just talking <laughs> to everybody with hand puppets, and it's just oh. like. And, oh, that's weird. Yeah, and it's just like it's just like she's like a real ditz, and like that's her whole bit, and it's like kind of entertaining, like in that regard. And because typically it's always Scooby and Shaggy that are their comic relief. Yeah, and, and it was and, just always like Fred. <laughs> it's so yeah. funny because yeah, yeah. they, they make jokes about it all the time. But in the old series, it was always Scooby and and, and Shaggy go off in one way. Yeah, and then Fred, Velma, and and uh, Daphne go off uh, yeah. the other way. Oh, and, the other way. It was always Scooby and, and, and Shaggy get into hijinks, and then Fred and Velma and, and Daphne yeah. would show up and kind of like help relieve the them and I yeah. guess help solve the mystery and all that stuff. But yeah, and the animation is quite superb, actually. Uh, even if you don't like the models that much, but when it actually gets into the action of like running away from the ghosts and everything, the animation is actually really quite telling and in, in like it's very well done. Uh, very dynamic angles they use. They also do the old tricks of like running through the doors and stuff like that. Okay, that's classic cool. stuff. They even have music when they're running away. They actually have like lyric music, like <laughs> at, of of people, you know, like of you know, I guess bands. Let's say they'd be kind of cool. They but, started getting like some modern day bands to maybe play yeah. some of those songs or whatnot. Yeah, and and that, that's that's what's going on. It's like a modern day, like oh, it's a it's like a new thing, but for t- but for. You know, modern day, and I, yeah. I, I kind of like it. I'm not gonna lie; it's got some Teen Titans Go type humor. Uh, it's a little offbeat, um, but I think all in all, it's a it's a pretty good show. The animation people, looks very interesting. It, I will say that it's very bizarre. It's not your typical uh, Scooby Doo, but uh, I say give it a shot. Freaking um, Frank Welker, freaking is, is in this as of well. Of course, he, he's Fred. That. He's yeah. played Fred. I know since the beginning. It's, it's and, so crazy. It's just like yeah. everyone else. Because uh, uh, I can't. I'm not gonna be. I'm gonna butcher her last name. But Kate Mi- Michucci. Yes, Michucci. Yeah. Which is the first time Velma is not voice. Is that's the first time she's playing Velma because yeah. Velma's been voiced by somebody. In I forget her name. She's Very iconic by, voice. Yeah, yeah. And it's and, not her. I don't know the, that much. In that, it's it's yeah. It's uh, we were talking about her last week too. Uh, it's. Uh, it's Garfunkel from Garfunkel Notes. That's her. So, uh, oh yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, the gooch yeah. from the gooch from Scrubs. I just I was yeah. say, I, <laughs> she, yeah, the gooch from Scrubs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I automatically went with uh, uh, yeah. Big Bang, and it was yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Raj's uh, love interest. Yes, or whatever. yes, yeah. But um, no, that's kind of cool that Shaggy is played by Matthew uh, Matthew Lillard. Lillard. Yeah, yeah. That's he played Shaggy in the movie. Yeah, so. he, he's been playing him for a while now. He played him in Mystery Inc. And no way, a lot of the. It was ever since uh, Casey Kasem got got ill uh, a few years ago before he passed away, mm-hmm. and uh, he wasn't able to do Shaggy anymore. Obviously, so Matthew Lillard took over the role. 
role after he did him in the movie because he's actually it was a really good Shaggy. Oh yeah, he sounds <laughs> dead up like yeah, Shaggy. He, he actually he does a good really job. Good. And uh, and also, Great Delisle returns as uh, Daphne, who she's been voicing Daphne ever since um, the last voice actress who sadly uh, took her own life. Actually, oh, uh, wow. that was yeah uh, years ago. That she was also every female character on South Park. Uh, before then, as really, well. yeah. Any female character they got, she was her. That was her. But uh, she, uh, yeah, she uh, committed suicide a few years ago, and ever since then, uh, Gray Delisle has done Daphne. So, and also the guy who played Scooby originally passed away, and ever since then, Frank Welker has been doing Scooby as well. So, okay. <laughs> Frank Welker is double duty on that show every <laughs> yeah. time. So, you know. <laughs> Although to be honest, it's not really that hard to do Scooby. Well, you know, so. r- 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 yeah, you <laughs> just <laughs> talk with the dog's voice pretty much, and that's not that hard. <laughs> it's pretty fun but yeah i i recommend that show i say go go listen go watch uh be cool scooby-doo it's a it's a good fun little romp and maybe it'll get better as uh episodes go on the mysteries are kind of goofy and fun and it's just like it's basically a callback to the old days i would say mm-hmm. and i like it so go check it out no it looks, it looks pretty good man yep yep and that's gonna do it for uh debuts and news and all that jazz debuts and news that that rhymes that's pretty good i almost had a thing going there and then i screwed it by uh <laughs> by mentioning it so uh yeah <laughs> what do you got for the next one but yeah uh basically what we have for today is we're going to talk about gendy tartakovsky the russian-born animation wizard that he is. Um, but yeah, uh, he was actually born in Soviet Russia. In case mm, you know. you, the yeah. USSR, actually. Yes, That's yes. When, back when uh, the wall slide come down mm-hmm, and yeah. all that. Yeah, yeah. That was even prior to the wall in Berlin and everything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, interestingly enough, his father, I read this on his Wikipedia page and everything, his father was actually a dentist for uh, government officials <laughs> and the USSR hockey team. So, <laughs> during the time of uh, Miracle on Ice, yeah. his dad was the dentist for the... Oh, that's kind of cool. That yeah, for that for that crew. So I was like, oh, interesting. Um, <laughs> I've there was no mention of whether they moved to escape communism or not. Probably not because he was a high official dentist kind of deal. So <laughs> he, he probably didn't feel a lot of oppression in that area. You know, oh yeah, it's, no, it's possible easily. he didn't. But then again, um, his moral compass could have been yeah, like this exactly. Is a, yeah. This kind of messed up, guys. We yeah, should go to America. So which they moved to Germany after that. Which I guess then they they moved out of Germany. Uh, to escape communist oppression against Jews because they're half Jewish too, mm. I believe. Uh, that could be dead wrong, but I think I read that <laughs> on the Wikipedia page. Uh, but it, they did move to escape Jewish persecution. I don't know if that was just general persecution that they didn't want to see sure. or persecution against them. That was unclear. Yeah. Uh, so then they moved to the States, and uh, he enrolled in CalArts and all that. Germany is where he actually got his uh, his love for art. Uh, one of his neighbors, a German girl, uh, used to do uh, street art. And he, oh. he was like, oh, it's so cool. And, and he was terrible at it. So he would just just train and train and train and train. And when he moved to the States, you know, he would, he would, he got into Cal arts and everything moved, you know, and did all that stuff. And that's when he, and then he was hired on to, uh, cartoon network, uh, by, er, at, to Hanna-Barbera. I apologize at the behest of Craig McCracken, creator of Powerpuff Girls. So, uh, so yeah. And also husband to Lauren Faust. You seeing all the connections here with these people we've got (laughs) one big circle, one big circle of these people. Um, so yeah, uh, uh, so that's when he got into animation. And the first thing he got in on uh, was a lot of uh, 
you know, production work with, uh, with him. He also, uh, Rob Renzetti, uh, creator of My Life as a Teenage Robot, was also pulled in at the same time as him. Oh, okay. Uh, at the behest of Craig McCracken. See, there's a lot so. of, there's a lot of similarities between, uh, my oh, yeah. teenage, My Life as a Teenage Robot and, uh, a lot of Gindy's work, I yeah. should say. Yeah, that, that very stylistic, uh, sharp silhouette type, uh, type stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but Gindy, man, like, let's get into his work, shall we? Because one of his, the first things that he ever, uh, pitched actually got picked up, because, uh, like, they were like, hey, come in, pitch your stuff. See if we like it. He pitched it for the What a Cartoon Show, which is Hanna-Barbera's production, which later became the Cartoon Cartoon Show on Cartoon Network. Uh, basically, he helped launch Cartoon Network into stardom, uh, along with Craig McCracken, uh, with uh, Dexter's Laboratory, which mm-hmm. was a creation of his, uh, a creation of Gendy's. Um, Craig McCracken obviously helped produce it and everything. Uh, they worked closely on a lot of things together uh as far as i know they are great friends uh they're him and his wife are both working at sony now so you know but yeah dexter's lab um i remember watching this show firstly on tbs uh before we had cartoon network here in kentucky we did not have it here on a lot of channels i think it was like an extra hbo type channel um, but, uh, yeah, it was on TBS and it was in a block with SWAT cats. Really? And it was, and two, it was like a four, it was like a four show block and it was like two stupid dogs, uh, which is what he also, he also worked on that as well. Uh, uh, Dexter's laboratory, um, SWAT cats and something else. I can't remember what it was, but it was a four block, uh, four episode thing. And Dexter's lab was fantastic. It's basically about this boy. If you don't know about it. Seriously, go watch it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you have to at least know the premise of the show by now. Yeah, but, still. but it's about this boy who has a secret lab in his room, and he's a brilliant genius. And he has a sister named Dee Dee who wrecks the lab all the time. It's mm-hmm. slapstick comedy uh, of any type of cartoon of eras of Tom and Jerry type stuff, and yeah, stuff like that. But <laughs> it's just there's a lot of like, I mean, there's a lot of like little hijinks him and Dee Dee get into and stuff like that. It's just I always thought it was really funny though because. Uh, um, it was kind of a running gag on the show a lot that Dexter has all these like safety precautions put in place to prevent people from getting into his lab. Yeah. Somehow Dee Dee always just like she ends up inside the lab. One and there was this one episode I remember where like he kept getting her out of the lab. Yeah. And somehow when he turned around and came back into the lab, she was she's back right in there. there. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> How do you do this? Oh my gosh. Yeah, she's just like this ballerina dancer ditz that would just like <laughs> come into his room all the time and break stuff and They'd get into hijinks, and his whole family was kind of a star of the show as well. But what this show kind of had a love for, and this would show up later on in his works into other things that we're going to talk about, obviously, uh, was there was a lot of love for the old school giant robot stuff in this. Uh, he it was basically like Voltron pornography in a lot of scenes of this it's like you know because like, it would just focus on like here's a giant robot that he made and so like it would like it'd be like a full like two minutes of like this thing assembling like just robots assembling onto itself and like becoming a bigger robot and i remember specifically one episode where he was a japanese exchange student and he went when he you know like the exchange students were like him and this other japanese kid so when he went to the Japanese school, everybody was drawn in this anime style, <laughs> which is just fantastic. Everybody's got, like, crazy hair. But everybody there has giant robots, too. So, so he's not, like, standing out. But, like, you know, he was, like, yeah. it's hilarious. You know, so he's got, like, this dodgeball <laughs> robot that he had. And, then like, they'd, like, open up their big robots. And he'd, like, battle the, those kids. And 
it was really hilarious. Um, and uh, there was this uh, offshoot show that came off of it as well called Dial M for Monkey. And it was a monkey that was a superhero. And but like, do you remember that at all? I think so because yeah. he, like, he had his own like his costume was like yellow and purple. Yeah, yeah, yellow like and black. And he yeah, had, like, yellow and M, black. Okay, he had yeah, the big yeah, M yeah. On it. And it was it was basically Dexter's monkey that it was in his laboratory. Yeah. And like at, at night he would get like summoned by this secret agency, <laughs> yeah. and he turned into monkey, the superhero. <laughs> and and you know he had like super energy powers and stuff, and like really undefined stuff. But he could fly, had super strength. Yeah. And, like, had like mental powers and stuff like that and it was kind of like a little hodgepodge of everything i yeah, guess as far as yeah. superpowers go yeah and it was like you know like a lot of justice league uh uh parodies in that like oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the the i think they were called the justice friends i believe was what they were yeah. called and it was major glory who was like a superman very much superman type yeah, yeah. which all but captain america superman mix mm-hmm. valhallen which is one of the best names ever because <laughs> it's valhalla also, Van Halen. Van, is a Van Halen. Because like, yeah. he has his mighty magical axe, which is a guitar. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's like so ridiculous. He's like a surfer dude. And he's like, but yeah, oh, the, man. very much of a throwback to Thor with a long blonde hair and yeah, he have like an Asgardian helmet. Yeah, yeah, like, like a Viking helmet. Yeah, and just, yeah, yeah. Like, and he would like rock out and stuff. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's good stuff. I remember that. I, yeah. I very distinctly. And the infragable Krunk, who is a big Hulk guy, who's purple. Ah, that's he's, right. He's yeah, literally just the Hulk. But he was purple. just threw that all that together. <laughs> um, yeah, it was good stuff, and uh, I, I really enjoyed Dexter's Laboratory. I watched every episode. There were later episodes that were done after Gendy had long left, because mm. I guess Courage Network was like vying for new episodes of things, and they were just like, well, Dexter's Lab is important, so let's make new episodes of that, and they were awful. Yeah, that's the thing. I think it, it, it should go to show that sometimes some things just need to stay yeah. done. Yeah. Like, you, do, you don't want to be that... that production crew or person or whatever it is that's making something go beyond what its natural format should be. And I think even Gindy may have like started getting hints of that because like yeah. that's why he kind of yeah. went off to go try other things is because he's like, I've kind of told my stories on Dexter. Yeah. I don't really have much left to say. So. Yeah, exactly. I, it just it really felt kind of forced a lot of it. It was just kind of like, oh, boy, this is really bad. Like, yeah. The animation style kind of got really kind of lame and just eh, this is awful. But. Uh, but that was after he'd already long moved on, which he moved on to his own project that he really had a love for. He wanted to do this for a long time. That is Samurai Jack. Ah, and, I love uh, it. And this is all just like, he's, uh, he's of course done other things, but these are like his works, basically. Yeah. And it's like, Samurai Jack is like, that's him. Mm. Like, it's like, that is, that is an, in, entirely like one of his babies uh, that he wanted to finish off and never got to. I know. Um, that's so sad, too. I mean, it, it was cut before its time, really. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, he, he, you know, he, it had four seasons, good, strong three to four seasons, I think, of that show. But really, just, just like, it was visual art. It was mo- art in motion is what mm-hmm. that show, I think, would be. Uh, every single scene and uh, uh, episode was based around this sort of like one challenge that Jack would have to like overcome a new trait he a, had to learn yeah, or yeah. something like that. Something yeah. like that. And, and, and there was a lot of like of the same visual throughout, like one where he had to climb the snowy mountain mm-hmm. and each stage of the mountain, it was like, Oh, he had to fight these goat men. And then he had to fight this Yeti and then he had to fight and he had to keep going up and he keeps getting met up the way by these like three monks who would like, you know, talk to him and, you know, and it was just really this really surreal episode, and I, I love that episode. It's probably my favorite episode of the whole series. Um, and it, it just 
that episode kind of sums up the whole show for me because it's just like these different trials that he's having to to overcome because he has to defeat the evil wizard Aku. Aku. And, and this is just like, oh, at the top of this thing is like, oh, like the legend is like there's a great power at the top of it. And it turns out it's just it's literally the journey up that is the power. Yeah. And, and these monks are just kind of like leading him on this thing and like to make him remember what he's fighting for. And it's just really good, this episode. And I didn't mean to jump into my favorite episode there, but it no, really, I mean, but <clears throat> there's a lot of great episodes out there and, and it's really hard to, for me to even think of, to pin one down, to be honest, because there's so many great ones. But you are right, though. I mean, <clears throat> that episode in particular kind of does sum up the entirety of the, what the series is really about. But no, you are right. You're absolutely right as far as like, there's one episode where he's traveling through some like jungle area or whatever, mm-hmm. and like he can't seem to quite jump high enough. It ah, seems yeah. like, and so this one, this like <laughs> or kind of jump good, jump as good, it were. yeah, that's <laughs> as right. It were, but yeah, and this like kind of like almost Tarzan caveman looking type of guy just falls out of nowhere, really, and he just like bounces around like he's on springs or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then Jack is uh, starts following him, and then he finds out that there's these red, there's these blue apes and the red apes and the red apes are these giant like kind of monstrous looking things and the blue apes are very peaceful and pacifist but they're they're the kings of jumping i guess you could say and they're yeah, the ones yeah. that taught the caveman how to jump properly and all that stuff mm-hmm. but he's not really a caveman he was like a kid lost at sea or something like that washed up on the island and then Tar- tarzan basically pretty much yeah pretty <laughs> much very much so but except for now he knows how to jump really really high and whatnot yeah and so in order in order to protect the tribe jack says i'll i'll teach you how to defend yourself if you mm. teach me how to jump properly yeah which literally is just like here put this giant rock on your back and now run around <laughs> you know that's pretty much how they taught him how to yeah. jump high but yeah. it, it was, was a, it was a good because uh, everything every single episode yeah. like you said has something that he's learning mm-hmm. to do or an obstacle he has to overcome you know he's unsure of himself mm-hmm. or whatever it may be and it's it, really good yeah it, it's it, and it's interesting because like it's it's focused on that one challenge and that one environment that he's in he never really changes environments uh in one episode he changes environments drastically from episode to episode oh yeah very episodic like he'll go like there's one episode where he's in a rave, which is just like, you know. Oh, my gosh. That was actually a very interesting episode. Yeah, yeah it was. It was very interesting. Because the, the premise is that he's a samurai warrior. His uh, home country was taken over by the evil wizard Aku, played by Mako, uh, who mm-hmm. is uh, fabulous in Avatar and many things. God rest his soul. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he um, – so basically he went off to train and this is why this is what really makes sense because he goes off and trains in all these different types of martial arts all throughout the world basically. Um, sort of like Batman. He's basically Batman. In a way, like, yeah. And you know, he he trains in all these different cultures of his time. It's like ancient, you know, ancient Japan, feudal Japan era, mm-hmm. and then comes back with a mystic sword that his father had to defeat Aku. Um, and after, and when he's about to basically beat Aku, he gets flung into the future to where Aku is already taken over and is a ruler and everything. So now he has to fight through everything to fight Aku. And it's really interesting the way they did that because he's already accustomed to seeing different culture, you know, throughout his training. So when he gets flung in the future and there's aliens on Earth and, <laughs> you know, because, like, Aku is basically opened up, you know, like, Earth to this, like, oh, interdimensional, like, hub. And so, you know, like, all these different, like, 
strange mutants and you know dogs can now talk they've evolved to the point where they can talk which is just weird yeah uh you know and, and that's a running gag throughout the series um you know it, it's it's a very interesting thing that like they they set that up to where like oh he has all these different cultures so now he's not like super culture shocked at the beginning he is a bit but then he kind of adapts quickly well yeah but i, I got flung from feudal japan all the way yeah. up to where cars are flying around and yeah. like these guys are wearing these strange costumes or whatever yeah and and, and these and it's funny because like you know they, we don't know his actual name at yes. no point is it ever said but he does meet these street guys who, and he sees them like you know he, they see him like you know pull some crazy like samurai moves and they're like oh jack that was tight you know yeah. like, and they keep calling him jack and so he's just like jack, jack. so that's his name and so that's like, what they, yeah, they, that's it. They, they really don't like I mean, like it seems like the, the does he ever introduce himself as Jack? Uh, he 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 does, I think. He does. Okay. Points. Yeah, I think he's. A, I am Jack. It's he really not a, like a heavy thing. Like it's more mm-hmm. so in the in the title than it is on anything else. It feels yeah. like as far as Samurai Jack goes. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah. But it, it's very interesting this show because those different environments are very. It's like a different matte painting each episode. Yeah. Because it's like it's like I want. It's like they sat down and said, "What sort of." art style do we want for this episode very much like steven universe in that way to me uh oh, okay. it, it's just like because steven universe has like like color palettes that they choose and they're going to be using that color palette throughout the entire episode because they're in that one environment um samurai jack was kind of like the the placate just like kind of like the the first one of that if you if you look at every episode None of them look the same except Jack is there. You know, it's like yeah. like everything is different. It's a different type of land. It's a weird it's either like a weird like desert landscape or a western with like robot you know, robot yeah. cowboys. We're and- set in like a small like it looks like a small German town yeah, where there's yeah. like a uh, that that was the DJ episode where yeah, the DJ yeah. stepped like started like uh mind controlling all the youth and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. The the ninja episode's really cool because yeah. it's just in a village, but it's all black and whites. There's a great fight where he's fight because he wears a white robe and the ninja's all in black, so then they're fighting in this dark and light like this this completely pitch black room but there's shines of light coming through mm-hmm. so then they're like they're like fighting through the shining light but you can only see one of them whether they're in the light or in the dark yeah so you can see only the ninja you can only see jack really cool ideas it's yeah. just like oh man well like, just uh, it's the animation style i don't know there's something about yeah. the whole thing that gindy kind of put into that and it just it really does break my heart knowing that yeah. he never really got to finish the entire show because yeah. for whatever reason i mean is there a reason they never uh, he was going to f- here's the thing and i do actually have that information he was going to finish it off it was all planned uh he was going to literally do uh like he wanted to he has a story still to finish this show off and he hasn't put it to bed yet okay uh but he was going to do a movie uh it was yeah, going to be a say, feature film doing a nice little movie wrap and it, up. it was it was going to be him and jj abrams and jj abrams got contracted to do star trek and so that fell apart when that happened uh so because it was just like well JJ, as as Gendy put it, as Gendy put it, it was like, well, you know, JJ has bigger fish to fry now. No, that's true. It's like, you know, because he got picked up, like, because he wasn't really like, like he was like kind of like an untested type of director. He was mm-hmm. a TV director, and uh, I think Tom Cruise brought him on for. Um, Mission Impossible 3, because he really liked Alias, um, and then he just got picked up from there. Once Tom Cruise gives you the okay, <laughs> it's like, then, you're golden. Right, yeah, do 8mm, and then well, lost. And now he's you know, 
tied up in. Well, no, he's only doing yeah. the first Star Wars, I think. Uh, yeah, he's doing the first Star Wars. Episode and, seven. Yeah. He's not doing eight and nine. I don't think he's doing eight and nine. He might be doing Rogue One or one of the offshoots, possibly. He's possibly. squeezing some Samurai yeah. Jack time in yeah, there right? somewhere. Just, just, I, think, I think, really, you should squeeze in some Samurai <laughs> yeah. Jack. Especially with all the streaming sites now. Like, yeah. Like, you don't have to make it a feature film. Feature it elsewhere. Yeah, exactly. I I think Cartoon Network really should jump on that because the nostalgia for that would really help. Oh, dude. If they put out a Samurai Jack movie on on Cartoon Network, their ratings would be through the roof. What's really sad is you wouldn't have Mako, though. That's the one sad part. That's true. But the guy who does replace him is okay. Yeah. Typically, but but yeah, I... Oh, it's such a shame. I would yeah. get somebody new to play Aku. Like, yeah, you would. Like, you would want to somebody. Yeah. I guess to kind of give us like ja- it, like James Hong, the guy who does all the. Uh, he was uh, he was the he was the guy in in Mulan. The 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 the, the mm, yeah. So, oh, he, L- okay. Lo Pan in in uh, oh, Trouble Little China. Okay, James right. Hong. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. Get him to be him. Yeah, he'd be okay. I <laughs> like, can see that ah, samurai. And I was like, <laughs> it'd be good. I don't know. I don't know. Um, he kind of plays Aku as as yeah. Lo Pan to be honest. Anyway, right. So yeah, basically. So yeah, Samurai Jack's just one of those shows, man. And another thing, like we didn't even touch on this. Well, maybe like lightly, but the characters, the show oh, up yeah. in that, like the, yeah. the I don't, I don't even know how to describe him. I just call him the Scotsman. I think that's what Scotsman his name is. is. His name is the Scotsman. This is the yeah. Scotsman, but he's yeah. got a freaking, he's got a machine gun for a leg, <laughs> for a leg before <laughs> Planet Terror. Before Rodriguez did Planet Terror, he that's, had a machine gun. That's true. For that's a leg. totally yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. And this giant claymore of a sword. Yeah. And he just with, carries around with and magic runes. <laughs> <laughs> Love that episode, Cause, man. Because Samurai Jack is famous, he could always like cut a sword with his sword. It's mystic, mm-hmm. but the Scotsman has a mystic sword as well. <laughs> but it's magic runes, and I'm like, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I know. A, and uh, that, like that, that's a character that, kind of shows up a couple different times throughout the series and yeah. whatnot. But that that first interaction where they're fighting on, on the bridge, on the bridge, you know, yes. the bridge is really cool. love that man. Yeah, yeah. Because it, it's funny because like he's just he's like the opposite of Jack. He's mm-hmm. an ally. But he's just so angry and loud, like, loud and boisterous, and it's the dead opposite of Jack. Absolutely, yeah, it's it's pretty good. Um, love me some Samurai Jack, yeah, man, and and yeah, it's just like that, that bridge episode. They all look like big two D matte paintings. Like mm-hmm. nothing looks three dimensional, like deliberately. You know what I mean? Like it all looks like it's just painted on a wall. Like, yeah, you're just watching all this play out on, like a two dimensional plane. It's just really cool. Uh, love Samurai Jack. Just absolutely yeah, needs. Absolutely needs to finish, but that's moving on. I think I yeah. think we've covered that. Sadly enough, uh, <laughs> no, you can never cover enough not, Samurai not, Jack. Not enough. But I not guess enough, it is. It's like time uh, to go on. Yeah, exactly. So moving on to the next uh, thing that he was contracted by George Lucas himself. Mm-hmm. George Lucas actually approached him to do this, which was Star Wars: The Clone Wars, not ah. the 3D animated. Yeah, the uh, the well the, the the animated one. Yes, the 2D animated uh, micro series that was put out two part micro series uh that was put out between episodes uh two and three uh that was basically covering the clone wars as they happened because we don't see that in the movie ever uh it's just the clone war starts and then they end in the third one but you know it's like we, we if you've seen the prequels you know what i'm talking about yeah. but basically it covers uh anakin uh becoming a jedi it covers that that's the first season is basically him moving through all that and becoming a jedi basically the war is his training which is interesting mm-hmm. uh he's ba- he's forged in war 
a lot of interesting things comes out of this. Way more interesting than the prequels, I would say. <laughs> uh, yeah, there, there's just a lot of interesting stuff. Like there, there is a fantastic scene where he fights um, uh, Asajj, Asajj Ventress. Asajj Ventress, and it, it's a great fight scene because it's basically skill versus brute force. Like Asajj is just this like like deceptive assassin sith wannabe basically uh and anakin you know and, she, and he, she's basically outsmarting anakin on this planet in like a two-parter fight scene uh and anakin is just bullying through her and it's just really cool because like it's really like kind of um you're basically seeing him rage out and it's just really it's a really cool scene because she's like being so deceptive and like using the force in like these like really cunning ways and stuff and he's just Bulling right through it, and she's like, "Oh God, I can't stop this guy because he's just such a monster with the force." Like, like she does this force push on him, and he just like covers his shoulder and powers through it, and keeps running at her, and then does a force push at her, which pushes her through this wall, and then he picks up one of her red blades, yeah, the you know, like one of her red blades, and he just starts, and it's the phantom, it's that the phantom menace, and he's just like pounding on her lightsaber while she's just like and she goes into a ravine doesn't die obviously but you know just like whoa you know really powerful stuff and and just great use of color there was a very like it was a very nice color palettes they use mm -hmm. as far as far as the animation goes but um i don't know i i I never watched the entirety of the the clone wars i know i've only seen like episodes here and there of it Mm -hmm. but the the ones that I did see, because I'm a huge Star Wars fan, I love everything about the Star Wars universe, and yeah. to see Gindy actually be able to take, and I, I, when I first saw it, I was like, is this, is Samurai Jack and Star Wars crossover? <laughs> like, what's ba- going on here? Basically. And it, basically, I, was, I kept watching, I was like, where's Samurai Jack at? But um, no, it, it was a, it was just, it was awesome. I just yeah. absolutely loved the animation, and the fact that it was right around the hype of the, the, uh, the, the prequels, the one, two, and three, uh, episodes one, two, and three coming out, mm-hmm. it was right around that time, and it was just, I don't know, it was just amazing well done animated uh, uh, yeah. uh, series. I, I definitely recommend that we sit down and watch uh, those two. It's just two hours is all it is. It's a two hour movie and that's it. Like, it's like, really? Yeah, because it's all it's only five minute episodes. Uh, it was just mic- it was a micro series, so it's just five minute separate episodes. Is how they hmm. aired originally, and now I think they're on. I think they're on Netflix. It's just a two hour movie. And wow! It's, and it's every episode. It's really good. See, I, for yeah. some reason, I thought it was it was much longer than that, yeah. but. And there's a great scene where like this, like it just it's got good humor to it as well, you know. It's like, and it's just like, oh, the jet, the Jedi's power level is like ramped up to like a thousand on this because <laughs> he loves to exaggerate stuff. They have one where Mace Windu like takes out an entire army of droids on his own, oh, wow. and it's pretty great because he doesn't even use his uh, lightsaber through most of it. He's literally like force punching like all of these <laughs> droids. It's really cool. That's kind of cool. And you know, Mace Windu doesn't do anything cool like that in the movie. No. <laughs> Like man. nothing. Like cool he kind of, kind of. He chops off Boba Fett's dad's head. Yeah, I'm gonna say he, he, get, he gets <laughs> jacked up by, uh, or he he jack up Jango's uh, Fett, and then yeah. uh, and then his final battle uh, with uh, Anakin kind of yeah. kind of gets cut a little short, I guess you could say. Yeah, but. yeah, it's just. So, like, it's That's really about cool. the extent yeah, of Mace exactly. Windu. <laughs> so it, it's really cool to see that there's. Um, Really good episode showcasing a lot of the other Jedi. But the best thing about it is the fact in part two, 
at the very end of part one, we get to see General Grievous for the first time, and he's awesome. He's amazing in this. In the, it's the only time he's ever cool. <laughs> like, because first of all, he has like a way more wicked British accent, and not the the weird Count, you yeah. know, Count Dracula, you know, whatever he has. In yeah, the thing. kind of Eastern European type yeah. of sounding and uh, accent. He's also not injured, so like th- throughout the the third movie, he's just always like coughing and like. Yeah. <laughs> And that's explained in Clone Wars, actually, as to why he's that way. Um, not the CG animated series. Yeah, the, talking about the Gindy stuff. Yeah, because like you know, he's just so much freaking cooler in this than he ever is in any appearance that he had in either the Clone Wars movie uh, series or uh, the movies. Like he's so much better. Like that. That's what I recommend is just watching Grievous in that because he's so much better. He takes out so many Jedi on his own, and it's just like he's a danger. And like, there's one part because this is prior to the to the movies or anything. Like, he only the majority of his appearances he only uses two hands. And then at one part he's facing these two Jedi, you know, and like they're like they're like kind of like oh they're they're getting him right and like yeah. they've got him they've got this strategy to get him down and everything and then he's like got them both like pinned you know like they've they've pinned his his arms or whatever and you just see like his arms detach mm. and he's got two extra arms and they're like oh crap <laughs> oh, and he just no. pulls out two more lightsabers <laughs> they're like oh god you know, it's, like, it's so good oh man it, it's really enjoyable like I, I definitely recommend we watch that is it it's on YouTube I think it's on it's on Netflix I think Netflix I think, okay I think, it, I think it might not be on there anymore more but it was for a while yeah. so but i have the dvds so anytime oh sweet I, okay cool I, anytime you want to borrow them or we can sit down i, say, I just might swing on there. by one day and we'll do a two-hour power hour right yeah just power them out because it's it's good i have them and it's great i absolutely love that show moving on to probably the saddest thing today <laughs> probably the saddest thing we're going to cover today just symbiotic titan oh my gosh it's such a shame i kind of don't even want to talk about it it's so so sad the premise of this show is basically uh how can you go wrong with this show though like this show has been told or this story has been kind of like it's almost as old as time itself but it's so interesting i'm sorry i i I, oh gosh it it just it's a a tough moment in my life it's a tough thing because i really enjoyed this show and was very happy when i saw it because w- when I first saw it, I was just like, this is like... Because the, the animation looked amazing. Yes. It was like... It was detailed Samurai Jack. Yeah, and it was fluid. It was and like, it's just... it, yeah, like, like it was like... It, it was basically like Samurai Jack with more detail. Like, it looked more 3D. It looked more dynamic, which Samurai Jack was deliberately done that way. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't like, oh, limitations or anything. But, like, it was... So good and sharp, hard, dark lines on everything with pops of color everywhere. Really cool characters. Uh, great voice acting. It, basically what this was was an homage to the old giant robot genre of anime. And uh, this alien planet gets taken over by uh, giant beasts that I forget what they call them. I can't remember. Chromagnons or something. I forget what they call them. <laughs> yeah. but like, like it's, it's literally like some weird name uh, that they give the monsters. But they basically get betrayed by an old general. And it's like this empire type. Uh, it's funny because they look like Voltron. It looks like the planet Voltron, the, the planet that's in Voltron. Yeah, very much like so. they have like the same British, you know, um, kind of button down red coats, button down red coat, uh, full metal alchemist look that they have. And they, they all, 
you know, kind of exhibit that whole British Empire type uh, stoic look. Well, this general, this old general basically betrays them and joins sides with the monsters and does this invasion and takes down their defenses from the inside. And basically the whole kingdom falls. And the only people that survive this, um, which, by the way, is the best two-parter, is that what is the, the two-parter that shows the fall of that planet is just amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the only three people that uh, survive, people, I should say, two people that survive, yeah. uh, are the captain of the, what, the a sort of rebel, uh, disgraced um, guard yeah. uh, named Lance and uh, the princess. Who really uh, shows his worth when he's trying. Yeah. Like, there's a whole platoon protecting this princess and like yeah. he kind of like steps up his game, I guess you could say. And then the, well, but it's almost like it's by uh, accident that they get paired up, right? Yeah, it, it basically is because he's in, uh, when, when, when it all goes down, he's in jail. Yeah. He's basically in the brig because he's been disgraced by this whole thing. There's a whole subplot about that that's in there, but uh, yeah, so he's basically like you know he the king was friends with his father and like there's a whole thing about his father that's like kind of like never revealed because yeah. we never see an ending we never get an ending to um it. but like you know like his father was like this brilliant scientist and like he was going to join the elite guard and then this thing happens where he becomes a disgrace gets thrown in the brig and becomes this like outcast and like just this rebel um and basically uh he gets Basically, parody, he basically escapes jail as everything is going down, uh, as every as the whole thing is being, you know, as the whole planet is coming to the ground. Yeah, and uh, basically, him and the princess get paired up with Octus, this um, robot that the king built. I think uh, mm-hmm. it's like the king basically built this experimental robot and. Uh, Kind of like a protection droid for his uh, daughter, I guess. Yeah, yeah, basically a protection droid for uh, for Ilana, so who is the princess, and his name is Octus, and he's played by what's that comedian's name? Uh, oh, uh, Brian Posehn. Brian Posehn, played by Brian Posehn in his least comedic role, I yeah. would say. Uh, so they basically go to Earth because that's the habitable planet and everything, and they have to basically hide there and certain, you know, basically live there basically because uh uh for some reason ilana is the key i guess because there's still rebel forces going out there well and like and, she's the heir to the throne and she's the heir to the everyone throne everyone believes that the king is dead so yeah. therefore she's next in line for the, exactly. for the throne. yeah which the king is not actually he's, yes he's in, he, he's imprisoned and being yep. tortured which we learn i think almost immediately oh uh, do you i think so it's like episode two or maybe but yeah he's he's definitely alive and like being tortured by the main general general guy or whatever and uh but yeah so basically the whole goal is to he keeps sending giant monsters to basically go kill or collect the princess basically um so it's a monster of the week type thing yes uh but what awesome yes which is great but what's really cool is like ilana and lance both have this uh and i guess they all kind of have this is like this must have been like yeah something for the the planet itself yeah like they have this this basically like armor power up thing where like they basically turn into like a suit of armor that's like a big robot yeah uh that's probably about eh, 10 meters high i would say it, maybe. it varies like, so yeah. lance's is probably yeah lance's yeah. is probably about a, about a two, eight, two story yeah, two story like eight meters or so yeah whereas Ilana, uh um is about seven feet tall yeah or something. she's not she's, really that big but she's bigger than she's bigger than she was yeah that's yeah for sure. exactly and uh octus uh which is something they just dis- they discover can basically fuse them together. He's like this robot 
orb. Kind of like he, he like he, get, he gives shape to himself later on. Then he actually yeah. even has like some type of program where it look, makes him look human. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, he's kind of like uh, I have always kind of thought of him as like kind of a jello with like a with an orb on yeah, the inside or something because yeah. he can really meld his body and stretch yeah. and shape it however he wants to exactly but when he merges with the two of them they create this body called the titan mm-hmm. and it's the symbionic titan which is where the term comes from but this titan is giant huge you know yeah. 15 stories high, i mean it's you know. probably taller than that i mean yeah, it, yeah. it towers over skyscrapers yeah, I mean, yeah it is a huge huge robot yeah and they think voltron <laughs> yeah basically voltron and he fights the monsters and that's basically the story is mm-hmm. like they they fight the monster on the small level and then it grows giant yeah. all the power rangers <laughs> yeah. and <laughs> throw back to the power rangers it really is like yeah. like like it'll be like oh yeah we had to change into the symbiotic titan and so they change into the symbiotic titan and they and they fight and you know there, there's there's great episodes just throughout the whole thing uh at one point uh octus like beca- like has a love interest which is really interesting yeah because he's a robot and they really do great with that yeah because like, i just like it's like really bizarre because like he's a robot but and, and like lance and ilana and ilana are kind of like they're kind of like skeptical about it because yeah. it's like we know this can't work, right? Yeah. And it's like, but they don't want to like stop well, it. They don't want to, you, you know, know. He's 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 learning love and all that yeah. stuff. But that's the girl that uh, his love interest is the girl that he's like tutoring. I yeah, guess, yeah, right? yeah. Okay, it's that's right. Tutor, tutoring her, and she she's in the show quite a bit. She's like, yeah. the, she's the head cheerleader and like kind of the bully. Yes. And then she gets humanized as it goes along. Yeah, because she because oh. Alana tries joining the cheerleader squad a couple times. And exactly. She's, she's like the bully who's like picking on Alana yeah. and whatnot. Exactly. Who which doesn't work because Alana is the ultimate optimist yes which is great she's yeah, yeah. She, doesn't, she doesn't see it as bullying she's yeah. like oh they're hazing me or something yeah. like that exactly and and lance is like the cool guy because he's just like the most he broody doesn't care about anything <laughs> his love interest is actually the funniest thing in that show do you remember her no who's the oh love man interest? it's so good because they never like actually have love interest in it but like they're just like both like really broody oh so it's another it's gr- like, oh, it's yeah, a it's, lance girl it's great it's so good because like he's just like super broody and like she's like the only he's she's like the only one he really communicates with because they're both like yeah <laughs> yeah man. whatever less, you know, it's less like, meaningless yeah it, basically it's it's so good because like he's just so is, is so perfect with it and they and uh will friedel shows up as like a, a love interest to alana as well he's like kind of a nerdy kid yeah. and uh it, it's good like i it, it's them trying to acclimate to life and then uh there's a great two-parter where octus basically gets damaged and they, yes, and they have to. It's the end. It's the end of the series. Actually, it's like three parts where yeah. Octus uh, basically dies, mm-hmm. and uh, it, they have to contend with living with the fact that, like, he was basically their whole means of living. He was their dad in a sense. He, basically, he, not like, just like as like watching over them, but like yeah. literally, if they, they went to school, they needed a parent. Octus would change into their dad. Their dad, because yeah. he could do he could do he could be their student, fellow student, or he would also be their dad for certain special occasions, exactly. stuff like that. And he would power the house. He would mm-hmm. generate the money because he could hack into things. And like so, basically, when he went down, they had nothing, and they were just on the run and just like miserable. And it's such a good thing. 
There was also this uh, this fantastic subplot that we never got to see the end to uh, of a, of an alien group. Uh, I forget what they were called, but like they were just like, oh, they knew alien life existed like prior to this. Mm. Uh, maybe because of Lance's dad, we never really get to see if that's the reason. But yeah. you know, because like Lance's dad disappears through this portal, mm-hmm. and then there's this leader of this group who's kind of like a robot looking guy. Yeah, sort of, kind of. And we never get to see anything about him. And it's very interesting. Um, There's just so much that could be. That, that once again, it's it's so sad to see Gindy's work kind of like yeah. cut short. And there's just so much left of a story to tell. Yeah. But and, I mean, why was it cut anyway? Like, uh, it just got canceled because they like it. It didn't get a lot of good ratings because they kept changing the time slot. Is my see, theory? That's, it didn't get high ratings because like they had it on Friday and then they changed it to Wednesday like almost immediately. I'm like, yeah. what are you doing? I know. I remember like, when I was like trying to catch new episodes, yeah. I would sit down and I'd try to watch it on the day that I thought it was. And I'm like, where yeah. the hell is this episode? Where, I thought it was yeah. a new one today. And I'm like, all right, yeah. maybe they just skipped a week or something, not knowing that the new episode came out two days prior to that. Yeah, and just like, it's such a big shame because like things like that, it was right on the cusp of when like that sort of thing doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. Because you have streaming and you have DVD sales and like, it's easier for somebody to catch a show like that now. And, you know, it's just such a big shame because that show was great. It was awesome. Still and is awesome. Still is great. And, and like it, it, it really is. The, and Gendy says it's, it's really the toughest one because that was the only cancellation he ever had. He moved on with the others. Sure. Like, cause, cause Jack, like I guess the, the Samurai Jack movie was a cancellation, but it was more because he went on to do something else or JJ Abrams went on to do something else. And so it just kind of got stifled. It wasn't like, it wasn't just like, Oh, you've been canceled. Sorry. Yeah. It wasn't you know, just it like just, you pull the rug out underneath of his. Feet. Yeah. So it was just, it was really like, that's how he described it. It was just, I really got the rug pulled out from under me on that one. And it just really sucked. It really was painful. And that stinks. Uh, but that was his last foray with, uh, with, uh, Cartoon Network. Uh, oh, so he's, yeah. he's kind of done with them, I guess. Well, I mean, not so much done, but like he moved on because he had to get work, obviously. Oh, yeah. He had know, to do something. Because guess what? Uh, he didn't have work there anymore. So he, uh, he got approached by Sony Pictures to do, uh, Hotel Transylvania, which had changed directors many times, uh, over the time. Really? Yes. It, it was, it'd been in production for, I think, uh, 10 years at the time. Wow. It was a long time that movie was going in. I could see it, though. And, yeah. When I, and, when I heard about the movie coming out, I was like, wow, this seems like something that's, you know, kind of outdated now. Right? It, it did seem that way. And um, I think the the real thing that pulled that movie off, um, well, obviously, the, despite what you think of his movies, Adam Sandler is still a draw. He is. Yeah. Uh, despite what you think of his movies, he is still a draw. Yep. And that was the only Adam Sandler movie I have paid for in decades. Because <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to see because I wanted to see Gendy Tarkovsky's work. Sure. I heard that he was the director and I wanted to see it. And to see his work translated into 3D is amaz- is kind of an amazing thing because it's not all that different. Um, the motion is exactly he loves uh, stark swift poignant motion is is just kind of his thing and the way dracula moves in that movie is just like because you don't see him move he's very it's old school Mm -hmm. it's very it's just like the only thing that's moving is like the bottom of his cape is kind of flowing a bit yeah because like his cape is closed off and he's hunched over and he's just floating through the hallway yeah and it's like really quick but it's just like he just has this stark motions the way his neck bends it's just it's really like kind of out there and just kind of goofy it's a good movie. I like it. It's it's nothing to really write home about, uh, <laughs> but it, it it was a theatrical success. 
Um, it broke records on September releases when it came out, I think with like 40, 42 million. Its sequel came out recently, which I have yet to see. Uh, yeah. it, it broke that record on really? itself, and it got $47 million on the first weekend in, uh, in box office records. And the next weekend, which was last week, it got $33 million, only dropped a few percentages from the last time, which wow. is like the lowest drop percentage for uh, animated movies since Frozen. Hmm. So, which is interesting, um, but but you know, like that's because you know, like most movie, m- most animated movies, like they'll make a bank in there, and then it'll kind of something else will come out, and it probably won't make as much the last time. But uh, you know, Pixar typically holds well in their second weekend too. But it was number one for two weekends in a row, which is great because you know that's. That's what you want from a creator like Andy Tarkovsky, you know. It just, it, I love seeing success for that sort of thing. It didn't like break, you know, ridiculous records across the board, but for Sony and September records, it did really, really well, which is awesome because I love to see his work. I want to see more of his work continue, and Sony is super happy with him. Uh, and it, it was even, he even described that one as sort of a headache in certain ways because the first one he had a kind of a lot of freedom with because it was kind of like, eh, this project's almost dead. Let's give yeah, it to this guy. Let's, let's have fun with the guys. So he had like, kind of a little bit of like you know especially like like oh kind of adam sandler wanted to do this with it so it's like okay i gotta incorporate that because he's adam freaking sandler yeah so you know it's like but with this one because the first one was a success there was more like kind of like oh i really want this i really want that i really want that so he said it was kind of a headache in that way because he had to incorporate a lot more because like the first one was a success so now it's a franchise yeah now so we now need he, to actually have so, yeah. some big wigs telling you what to do yeah it's like now you're gonna get that kind of feedback and he's like but it wasn't bad Sandler wasn't like a pain or anything but it was just kind of like you know when when it's kind of rough because like you know like you know for somebody who's one of the best animation showrunners out there, it's kind of bizarre to tell him what to do. Yeah, I know. It's like, <laughs> you've been around the block for over the, a decade now. Now, and now, there again, you know, Adam Sandler is probably the reason it is a draw, because sure. the majority of people don't know who Gendy Tarkovsky is. And well, but also, though, like, I feel like it's it's also kind of a kid's movie in a exactly, way. And so that, yeah. It's right around Halloween, so that's when yeah. people want to kind of come out in droves. You'll say, I want to exactly. go see a Halloween yeah. movie, kind of get in the spirit of things and yeah. stuff like that. But yeah. I've never actually seen either one yeah. and but i will admit like this is like one of the guilty pleasures i was like i kind of want to go see that when well, it first came out it, so it, i recommend it i recommend it highly because it's 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 nothing to you know again it's not like the greatest thing because the, yeah. script, the script but uh, i will say i'm not gonna be driven to tears by the uh, performances at the end there's actually some really good Ooh, uh, some dramatic some some heartful dramatic things from adam sandler does really well wow. with some because because uh Part of the plot is his wife, because uh, uh, it's all about Dracula's daughter, yeah. uh, Mavis, who's played by Selena Gomez, and uh, uh, he's very protective of her because he lost his bride, he lost his wife, mm-hmm. which is her mother. And there's some really kind of heartwarming moments where he's talking about his wife and everything, and why he has the Hotel Transylvania at all is to keep, pe- just to say we want to keep people protected, and you know all the, like all of my kind protected from this. But oh, you know, yeah, kind of leads you to believe he, that maybe the mother was. Killed by a monster hunter? Oh, maybe a Van Helsing. Oh, oh it's, makes his appearance? it's not impl- 
implied. It, she is. Or it's, <laughs> it's, it, what she, happened? <laughs> she is killed by villagers. It's not even <laughs> oh like. Oh my gosh. Yeah, like she is murdered by villagers who burned down their castle. Like, <laughs> holy crap! That's what happened. <laughs> it's this like, is a uh, children's movie. Yeah, people. yeah, exactly. So no, I, 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 I can see that happening. I mean, yeah. it, Adam Sandler always tries to have those heartfelt moments in his movie. Sometimes they don't work. But I tell you what, yeah. I started crying like a baby during Click. I don't know what it was about that, <laughs> but that end, the ending of that movie it's where the, he's like coming to terms with everything. Yeah, yeah. The such a good good yeah. part, man. It was, so, sometimes Adam Sandler knows how to tug at the heartstrings. He, he and most of the time, he just wants to make fart jokes. That's true. That's true. Uh, most of the time, he wants to go on an expensive vacation with his friends. <laughs> And call it a movie. <laughs> but no, uh, that's why I kind of like this movie, because it's like, hey, effort. You know? Yeah, <laughs> we like, tried. Like, like th- things that happen and stuff. We did and, stuff. Um, but there are other projects uh, for Sony Animation that he's doing as well, which is great, because, again, I said this before the podcast and everything, he was going to do Popeye, the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sony was, very, was, I guess, interested in doing a Popeye, and he did a fantastic teaser animation that I've talked about on here before. Is, was he going to do the animation? Was it going to be oh, in yeah. the Gindy style? It, it, it was going to be, it, it was the Hotel Transylvania, you know, it was 3D. Oh, it was going to be, okay, it, it was going to be 3D. 3D animation, okay. It's still out there, the, uh, the, the animation test, it's still on Sony's website, hmm. uh, but it's an animation test, and it's fantastic. Uh, it's got Tom Kenny as Popeye, yeah, Great Alisle as uh, as Olive Oil, and it's fantastic. But it's just like it's a little five minute skit of Popeye fighting pirates, and you know, and, <laughs> and uh, it's really good. And it's very Popeye. the The animation and stuff is very cool. And he said like they they won't. They're not going to do that movie. Basically, got canceled. It pretty much is sh- it's shelved. It's not canceled. Yeah, but it's been shelved. And like he kind of like because Genny Tarkovsky is a straight shooter. He just really is. You know, he's very much like he's very honest about his opinions about things, which is why he's very honest about like, oh yeah, Hotel Transylvania. It's kind of a headache. Yeah, <laughs> it's like because it's like because you have to call out, you have to cor- corroborate, and corroborating is fine, but it's harder than just doing your own just thing. Just doing, yeah, and you know, and uh, you know, he's not a hard guy to get along with, but you know, it's just like it's tougher when you have to sacrifice things that you really want because they want something different. And guess what? He's Adam Sandler. He's gonna get what he wants. <laughs> he's gonna get what he wants. Uh, so you know, it's um, but. He basically said, like, yeah, they were really nice about it and everything, but, like, they said, Gendy, we love your stuff, and we love you, and we want you to do something, but we just don't like Popeye. <laughs> like, it's just, like, there's just nothing about Popeye that we find that is, you know, I guess, whatever. And it was right during the time of the scandal, the the hacking, the Sony hacking and everything. Gotcha, okay. That, that was during that time, so they were really, like, yeah. they were looking at their board and saying, cut this, cut this, cut this, cut this. Yeah. So I think they were like, are we really excited about Popeye? No, cut it. Mm. <laughs> so I can see yeah. that. Yeah, and uh, what is good about the fact that that got canceled is that they did go to him and go, "What we would like you to do is continue working on that. Can you imagine thing that you want to do? Mm. Can you imagine is his own creation, um, and it's a movie that he wants to do that I think after the success of Inside Out is a freaking." great thing to go towards it is not greenlit yet but sony has been like develop that we want to see more of that he's got a lot of you know production art and everything that he's shown 
uh, and he's still pitching. He's not really pitching it, but he's just like he's more. He's de- it's in development, but it's not greenlit because they haven't spent. He's, as he said, we haven't spent money on it yet. <laughs> the moment money is spent on it, then it's greenlit. Yeah. Like, like then it's like like once we start like paying actors to come in and voice things. Once we start paying for storyboards and everything like that, then it's a thing. Right now, it's just a concept, and people and they're very interested. Mm. So, but basically, what it is, and I think in this in this realm of like Inside Out. This is perfect, like because Inside Out was such a big hit, and it was all about the inside of a little girl's head. Basically, what you're basically seeing in this is um, it's uh, the imagination of a probably around twelve year old, twelve year old boy, uh, basically materializing into a real world. Okay, but the interesting thing about that it's like something we've seen before. We've seen it in Foster's Home for Imaginary Kids or whatever, or Imaginary Friends. Uh, but they go through this portal and it's like this whole imaginary world that this kid has cooked up and it's like that. But the thing is, is that it's not the kid's movie. It's the parent's movie. It's their story. And they have to go through this portal to get their kid back because he's basically dist. It's kind of like a, a like he's distanced himself from reality because uh, the parents have kind of lost romantic interest mm-hmm. and it's ca- like that that's the way he kind of said it. so in this journey they have to reconnect with their kid and also reconnect with themselves and i'm like that's really interesting yeah. like that's a different take on this whole thing so it's basically them going through their kids imagination uh trying to find him and bring him back and like that's there's so much sim- symbolism you can use off of that mm-hmm. of them like you know noticing things in that you know in his you know in his imagination and maybe drawing a lot of conclusions from what he thinks, you know, what he draws from life. Like, I don't know what it would be like, but that's very interesting. To no, me. yeah, that's yeah. very like, uh, kind of a, one of those things that makes you, makes you think a little bit more than anything yeah. else. So, yeah. So I, um, so the fact that, uh, Total Transylvania two is doing very well, just like the first one is great signs because that means, we will get things like that mm-hmm. from we get him. more Gendy stuff. Get more Gendy out there. And Gendy, I am okay with that. Yes, more Gendy Tartakovsky. And hopefully, like, what I would love to see, and I know it's sort of a dead medium for for uh, big screen. It's not, it's becoming a larger medium for, uh, for television, but uh, for basically for, for 2D animation is just, is just not something that's viable for, uh, main for movies anymore not anymore it's it's a shame because it's i don't know what it is mainstream audiences just don't go see an animated movie unless it looks like a pixar flick which is a shame because uh you know that that shouldn't be a factor (laughs) it's like uh which is what i'm hoping uh because when i see new things that look different like paper man like that, that oh man! If I see a movie that's full length Paper Man, <laughs> that'd be the best thing ever. That's what Moana was gonna be, but oh. uh, but they they decided to move it up because they wanted the uh, they wanted the Islander type uh, demographic and everything. And uh, they also were not it, apparently the 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 program used for Paper Man did not do well with color. It it just didn't translate as well. So, mm-hmm. but when I see something like if I ever see a full length motion picture like Paper Man. Oh my goodness! Like that would be the best thing ever. But I, I want to see more Gendy stuff, and this is the key to it. You know, I was like, go support his stuff. I think after Inside Out, can you imagine is definitely in the ballpark of being a success. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, you know that that inside imaginary type deal that 
I, I feel like that's that's jumping. Uh, they need to jump on that as soon as possible before that inside out becomes, you know, a thing of the, you know, just becomes like forgettable or forgotten. Yeah. And I, well, I don't think you'll ever technically get lost or something like that will get lost. It's just, yeah, it's better to strike while the iron's hot. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's yeah. something like that right now. It's, it's a, it's a thing that's acceptable. It's viable and people are into it. You could wait 10, 20 years and put out that as well, but I just don't know if the audience would still be there. Although, with that being said, I feel like some people would be like, oh, they're just, he's just ripping off in, Inside Out. It's like, yeah. no, no, it's kind it's, of its own thing, man. It's and, completely different. And it's been in development for about two years prior. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, it's like the Doom Patrol X-Men argument. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that yeah. weird freaking coincidence. Of, <laughs> it just happened uh, to happen. A mutated bunch of freaks led by a man in a wheelchair. <laughs> wheelchair. <laughs> Same year, two different comic companies. Yeah. What the heck? Oh, it's bizarre. Um, we always talk about comics whenever you're on. Mitch and I like yeah, that. I try to. I like that. Like to leak like it that. in there somewhere. I gotta be on your podcast eventually. Uh, we're, we're gonna get the we're yeah. gonna get the Golden Age Heroes thing uh, awesome. together. Just this whole October, we got Walking Dead. Then we're gonna yeah. do horror comics, and then of course, right, at right. the end of it, we're gonna have our own like Halloween yeah. type of thing as there well. So cool, cool. Maybe November, maybe December. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, uh, I think that's gonna do it for our talk about Guinea Tarkovsky. I think yeah. that was a good coverage of all of his stuff. We kind of went through just things. about all of his work. All I mean, of his big stuff. Big yeah, stuff, I mean, yeah, definitely. Obviously, he worked on Powerpuff Girls and stuff like that. With didn't he do a, a, a Korgoth? Uh, yes, Barbaria? that's true. He did direct Korgoth. Uh, it wasn't of his own work, but he did. He was pulled on to direct. But he was he yeah. he worked on the mm-hmm. on the piece and all yeah, that. Yeah, but he, it he wasn't was, his own particular thing, yeah, though. But, but he definitely worked on it and was uh, was pulled in as a director. And too bad Korgoth didn't get made into a thing. I thought that was kind of funny. It was, it, I mean, like that some people. Funny. I remember watching it with some of my friends, and, and they were like, "Wow, this is disgusting." I'm like, well, "That's kind of the point." <laughs> yeah, like it's yeah. supposed to be. Kind of like just like the, yeah. this barbarian who's just yeah. going through and very much of a Conan type of character. Yeah, and he's it's, just, it's a parody of Conan. Yes, Conan, very much so. That's what it is. I, I, mean, I don't know. I thought it was awesome. I, I, was, I love watching it whenever I can. But yeah, I thought it was pretty funny too. And it just it was like kind of like it was very deliberate. Like everything was very gross looking. Yeah, it was, was gross, like, and nasty yeah, looking. Yeah. But it's like, well, I'm sure there. You know, I'm sure a, a, a despot back in the day wasn't exactly the most clean looking individual who's you know. <laughs> Covered himself in like, you know, uh, gold and jewels, and you know, eating all kinds of weird food and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah. But you know, that that's all of his. Uh, that's the main gist of his works and his uh, creations. And I think we covered that pretty well. But I do have a who would win, and we discussed it earlier. But it's a who would win two parter. Oh, because I thought of a different one as well. <laughs> uh, afterwards, but we've discussed this first one. And I think it's a great battle. Okay. Okay. I think this is a great battle because we are allowing his armor as well. I want to know who would win, Mitch. Between Samurai Jack and Lance from Symbionic Titan. Oh, man. That's a good one. Uh, you know, they're both uh, trained warriors, although I would say Jack is probably a little bit more seasoned than Lance. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's trained in many different types of martial sure, arts, more so than than just the, the, yeah, whatever that uh, yeah. uh, thing he was with part, Lance was a part of. But, yeah. Um, you know, Lance. You got to give Lance the the advantage in a way that he's got his robot armor mm-hmm. suit or whatever. It's true. It's true. The thing produces a giant sword that's like three times the size of Jack. That's true. It's true. Also, he can shoot rockets from his uh, his uh, his shoulder mounted rocket packs yeah. as a giant robot as well. Mm-hmm. But yes, 
I still feel like Jack will win. Yeah. yeah. There's two reasons I, I feel like Jack is, is going to come out on top. Sure. Well, three. One is just because I absolutely love Samurai Jack. <laughs> anything that deals with feudal Japan or uh, anything that deals with old school Orient, I love. Right. Um, so that's one. Uh, two, uh, Samurai, like I said earlier, Samurai Jack has trained, or like we said, he's yeah. been trained by the ancient Japanese. And then he was he took training in China. He China. took training in Africa yeah. and all different types. Like He's been cultured pretty well as far as fighting styles and stuff like that. And even if you can't get past that, he does have the Mystic Sword that literally can cut through almost anything mm-hmm. out there. So, yeah, yep. and uh, I, I'm gonna have to agree with you, Mitch, that it is uh, uh, Lance does have the technology, does have rockets, but that's nothing Samurai Jack has not faced Dude, before. Samurai, I was say, yeah, Jack, exactly. Jack is taking out rockets and bounty hunters from the future with giant-sized robots, giant-sized robots, and he cuts through them every time. Yep. And, uh, I'm gonna give it to Jack. It'd be a great fight. It would be awesome, and, and Lance would give him a run for his money. I just feel like in the end yeah. Jack is going to come out on top. Jack and his jump good ability. <laughs> they, uh, <laughs> jump good, jump I good. tell you. Uh, that's that's actually one of my favorite enders is when, you know, it's like when he, he actually does like meet up with Aku and everything and and he at the very end and he's like he jumps at him and Aku's like you can fly like, no jump good jump good <laughs> it just ah. like ends right there. And it ends right there I'm like yeah that's good I like that yeah uh, but yeah but uh, gotta love it. I gotta give it to Jack and uh, moving on to the second round oh. Jack oh it's okay yeah, moving okay. on to the second round Jack versus Asajj Ventress oh man yeah double lightsaber yeah. Does the Mystic Sword Ooh, block a, lightsabers? That's a good question because there I have think, been there have been yeah. ancient Jedi swords that were like inbound with force and whatnot that really? could block lightsabers. Really? So okay. It was a blade, okay. but it was imbued imbu- imbu- with force powers and it could actually block a lightsaber. Mm. Yeah. I just don't know if Samurai Jack's Mystic Sword could. I argue that it can <laughs> because he can deflect lasers with it. Oh, that's a good point. In, in certain episodes, he's deflecting lasers and like ch- and like slashing at laser blasts. So he can he can deflect a blaster. Yeah. I think he can deflect a. I think it would it is. It would, it, here's the thing. It boils down to that argument. Yeah. If his sword can block lightsabers, mm-hmm. Savage, uh, she has no mm-hmm. freaking chance whatsoever. Really, none at all. No, because even if like she, even if like, if he if he, okay, if, if her yeah. light, if her lightsaber can cut through his sword, yeah. then I feel like she's yeah. going to win. Yeah, but. If Jack can keep his sword, I'm sorry, man. I don't yep. care how much yep. Sith training you've had with <laughs> force, uh, Sith force, or you using force powers and all that stuff. I mean, I really do feel like if, you know Jack's going to get his butt kicked a couple times, right, 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 because he's going to have to learn his enemy's powers, what sure, she can do, sure. and all that stuff. Yeah, because she's get, he's going to get she's going to get a force push in, maybe a couple, because he's not going to know that's coming. Yeah, um, but that, that's the best thing about Samurai Jack is, and even in every of the episodes, like there's times where he gets taken out by the guy but he learns what the guy can do mm-hmm. every time he just like he takes the hit and he gets back up and he's like all right i know now i get, know what to do now i know how it, to get over this it's the old school martial arts movie type mm-hmm. thing where he adapts to it it's like ranma style he just he knows he, he learns his enemy's abilities and then overcomes it later on it's quite impressive yeah and like i said i'm a huge star wars fan so like I, it's almost blasphemous to me to say that a, a, a character from star wars is going to be beaten by <laughs> samurai jack but yeah. and here's another thing i guess is also is like the force is very 
it's very arbitrary. It seems like it sometimes you can pull a weapon out of someone's hand, and sometimes they're like, "No, you can't do that." Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But um, if if she would it be able to like force choke Jack, I don't, that's another way I it's maybe true. possibly could win. But um, yeah, like I said, it, it again. Here's the thing: boils down to I guess cartoons. It's it's all made up anyways, <laughs> and the good guy has to win in that sense. But I just I really do feel like Jack's experience and training and all that stuff really does give him the upper hand. Now, granted, he has no force powers whatsoever, but right. I really do feel like having that diversity and, of course, you know, being a pure-hearted individual, one one downfall for the dark side is that it doesn't teach you patience. It doesn't teach you yes, temperance. True. And that that short-tempered can actually cause yeah. cost you a fight. It's true. Whereas Jack, he has overcome his emotions and he can yeah. he can fight cool-headedly and yeah. stuff like that. So. Now, interestingly enough, I would say in the Clone Wars, Asajj Ventress being the assassin that she was was very cool-headed. And that was her downfall to fighting the future Darth Vader, obviously. Yes. Who became a rage monster who basically powered through all of her attacks. Well, but she became, but, but she became yeah. cocky. She was, she she was, was yeah. She, she thought was that very, she, it was going to exactly. be nothing. She, and, she, she was very like, like, you know, she would like force push him with two fingers, yeah, and he'd power through it, and she'd be like, "Oh crap!" You know, <laughs> yeah, like, all, so, uh, more force, yeah. So I, I think it would be a really cool fight, but like again, Jack adapts so well, mm-hmm. and I got to give it to Jack as well. I know there's somebody yeah. out there that's listening to this right now. They're just like, "You both are wrong." She's <laughs> like, "That would definitely cut through it just because it's magic." I'm like, no, I I disagree. I think a hundred percent his magic sword blocks that because he deflects lasers mm-hmm. and blaster points all the time. I mean, the guy yeah. cuts through like it's, all kinds of different materials, too, that yeah. are supposed to be like yeah. near unbreakable, it's, and he just cuts through them like they're butter. It's magic, guys. I'm yeah. sorry. It's, it's magic. magic. <laughs> and magic isn't something that exists in the Star Wars universe. That's true. That's uh, true. So, they so call the Force powers magic in a way, but yeah, it's not but, really magic. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, like they don't ever call it magic. It's force. It's, mm-hmm. it's space magic. <laughs> I think the only reference to magic in Star Wars was technically the Ewoks animated series. That had actual magic in it. Yeah. But that's the Ewok animated series. I only series. watched the episode or two of that. And yeah. You're talking about the animated series. Yeah, the animated series. Yeah. live action? Yeah, I think so. Maybe I a movie? Pre- I mean, is, yeah, that was like remember, a movie. I just remember, like, uh, I can't remember the, 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 the uh, Ewok's name, but it was the main uh, Ewok. Wicked. Wicked. Wicked, yeah. Him and there's this kid. Yes. And, like, they got trapped in this dungeon yeah, there, or something. There's a whole movie they made. Okay, so that it, was yeah. a movie. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, I just remember seeing that. I was just like, it was like a made what is for going TV on here? They tried to market the Ewoks so hard, you know. Just oh, like, you man. know, it's, it's, it's the one blight on the original ones. That yes. People hate the Ewoks. Absolutely. I don't, I don't hate the Ewoks all that much. It's, it's kind of dated for now, but, like, it's just whatever. I, I was a kid when I saw it, which is why people, you know, like, you know, kids who watch the prequels, they don't mind Jar Jar. You know why? They were kids when they first saw yeah. him. We were annoyed as all oh, get out Oh, man. I couldn't. I, I, I still can't wretched, stand it. His, his yeah. voice and everything about him. <laughs> can't stand Jar Jar. But I can't say that I hate anything yeah. from Star Wars. I just but There's yeah. certain things that I just... Yeah. That should not see the light of day. In the Gendy Tartakovsky battle of all, I would say, you know, I should have made it a tournament. Let's make it a tournament, okay? Uh, real quick, uh, before which we know who would win this, uh, uh, Lance versus uh, Lance versus uh, Dexter. You know, oh, okay. Robot. So who wins that, Lance? Yeah, he already Ma- moved on to fight uh, Jack. Well, and also like. <laughs> Dexter, it seems like in every episode, Dexter's robots eventually yeah. fall apart or, one way or another. Or it would be Asajj versus Dexter, I would say. Oh, that's like, a no-brainer. Would, she would just cut right through that. So, yeah. so then she moves on to fight Jack, who defeated Lance. So then, so the winner of the Gindy Tartakovsky tournament 
Samurai Jack. Samurai Jack. So sorry, I I missed the I missed the boat on that. Oh, one. that's that's all good though. We oh, we well. we reconned it. Yeah, so we reconned it. Cut it's it out. We'll cut it's it. Out. out. I'll edit this. Editing. Yeah, there you go. Is that not editing anything? But that's it, Mitch. We we hit an hour and a half on this, so that's good. Nice. So we're good. Let's go ahead and do quick plugs. Mitch, you're part of Bagged and Bearded. Oh yeah. That's about comics or something. Absolutely. We talk a little bit about comics. You know, on there. Yeah, if you guys haven't checked us out, Bagged and Bearded, uh, we got all kinds of things. We got uh, Twitter, at Bags and Beards. We're on Instagram, Bags and Beards. You can also hit us up on uh, my personal Twitter, which is some guy from KY. Yeah. You can email me, comicbookmention at gmail.com, or just come on into the store at uh, The Destination. I'm there one- Monday through Thursday, every single day, and some days when I'm not supposed to be there, because, well, I love, like, comic books are like a magnet <laughs> for me. I have, to oh, be, yeah. I have to be around them a little bit them. every every yeah. so often. So be near them all the time. Yeah, it's like a life force for me. It just rejuvenates <laughs> me. I'm like, ah, comics! Comics! You're like me with cartoons. Whenever exactly, cartoon yeah. On, it's like, I'm watch it. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, guys, for listening. Uh, this is Brandon Jones, your host of Animation Destination, a proud member of the DNN. You can check out this podcast on Facebook. We have a Facebook page where we do regular updates and everything, and that's where we get most of our social media uh, interaction. Uh, that is at facebook.com slash animation destination. You can also check us out on Twitter at, interestingly enough, Joust Comics. So, <laughs> at Joust Comics. Uh, my, you can also check out the JoustComics.com site for all of my animation reviews and soon-to-come videos as oh. well. I'm going to be doing video content for uh, the DNN as well very soon. Uh, so, look forward to that. Um, also, check out this podcast and many of our others, such as Nerdstalgia and Girl Gone Geek and Bags and Beards. Damn good podcasts and all those. Uh, you can I'm sure ch- we got some more out there. We, we just... There's so many. Peg warmers, all those, but they are all, they can all be found at destinationcomics.com, which is the home of the DNN. Mm. Mitch, it was good having you on. Thank you for having me on. Yeah. Anytime you want to talk about Gindy, man, I'm right? there. I don't right? care. Even if we're not recording. Even if you just want to go meet up just, for some lunch. Meet up. Like, yeah, Samurai right. Jack, that was pretty cool, I, right? I love one. that. See, so yeah, Gindy Tarkovsky, handsome guy. Handsome <laughs> yeah. man, that guy. He's a good guy. Good, good boy. Guy. Handsome handsome Russian, that man. You know, it's good. Not many handsome guy. Russians, but that Gindy. Gindy. He's a good looking cat. Takes the cake on that one, I tell you. We will see you next time, guys. See you next time. I said it twice. Hey, you know what? It's the Gindy Show. Got to do it twice. Boom. See you next time. Third time. (laughs) Third time's a charm.